0: Yes, yes, yes. You were made to be courageous. Welcome all you Courageous Cause champions. I'm Lainey Friedrich and this is the Couch to 5A podcast, episode 10. I have a very, very special guest with me today. This is my first guest on the podcast and I've got Tony Wilson here on the line. Tony was my team captain for the Voters Not Politicians uh, petition circulating phase of that campaign that I spoke about in Episode 8. And I wanted you all to meet this wonderful, wonderful woman and, and let you hear her story of her experience with the Voters Not Politicians campaign. So welcome, Tony.
1: Thank you, Lainey. It's, it's really an honor to be your first guest, and I'm
0: grateful that you called me. Awesome. So why don't you start with telling us how how you came across voters, not politicians in the first place, way back probably two years ago.
1: Yep, close to it. February, I, I think it was January of 2017, my oldest son shared a link on Facebook with me that talked about a meeting that was going to take place in East Lansing on February 19th and they were looking for people to help with an end to gerrymandering in Michigan. And that was basically all I knew about it. And my son was going to go, too, because he was also interested, but he ended up not able to go that day. I still went, and I was half looking for what was the catch. You know, it's okay, sure, a citizen group, it's going to be nonpartisan, right? Yeah, that like that ever happens anymore in this day and age. So I walked in, and I saw probably, I'd say, close to a couple hundred people there, which right off the bat is kind of a surprise that you can mobilize 200 people. This was shortly after the uh, the 2016 election, and I know there were people from both parties who weren't real happy with that outcome. So there were people from both parties in the room, first of all. Second, they did a presentation, and the people that were the leadership got up and talked. They were almost all under 40, and they seemed to have good ideas about what they were doing. They were going for a constitutional amendment ballot proposal. They, they had a very specific plan in mind about how they were going to do it. They were going to do town halls around the state and get input about the policy from citizens so people would have buy-in and so that people would with good ideas could come to the front of the uh, plan so at the meeting they also debuted the very first educational slide deck it's prototype and the explanation of how gerrymandering was done and how it negatively affects the average voter was so crystal clear and so simple that it was really a winning formula. And the leadership was smart and involved and engaged, and the the education plan was simple and straightforward, and there were 200 volunteers in the room. And I said to myself, this has legs. This is going somewhere. So I signed up to volunteer that very first day. And by the Friday of that week, they had incorporated as a 501C4, And they were going forward. And so I started out uh, as a, uh, I had agreed to do petition circulating. And I was actually doing a team with another woman in Waterford. And there were two of us involved. We were both older ladies. So uh, the the thought was, well, we won't exhaust ourselves if there are two of us. But once we got going, we could see that, one of us was being wasted. And so I was asked by the regional field director for Oakland County to take on a team of people that had started a little later. And petition circulating started um, oh, the weekend of the Woodward Dream Cruise, which is probably the third weekend in August. And I want to mention, too, it took a while to get it approved because the uh, Board of Canvassers was stalling us, basically. They didn't want to see this come to uh, petition language and we just got you know we got two three four hundred people to go to Lansing and protest and that kind of caught their eye (laughs) so we (laughs) really do have the power the citizens of Michigan really do have the power so uh, when we finally got the language approved uh, by the time it was third weekend of August and we started circulating and right away it was going like a house of fire people were signing on to circulate we were getting picking up dozens and dozens of new volunteers every week, which is a good sign. Um, Laney came on board by the time I started a team. It was probably about the third week in September, and uh, we gave them a little training that we did and told them what to do and why we were doing it and said we need 315,654 signatures, and that's a lot, <laughs> so go forward and get people to sign. And of my team of, I think I had about 13 people who were all latecomers to the campaign. There were a couple of them who never actually went out and got a single signature for for a couple different reasons. They had good intentions but weren't able to follow through. But that was okay because Lainey went out and got almost 600. (laughs) (laughs) She was the backbone of our team. So it was really, really nice. Altogether, uh, our team of... 11 active circulators got 1,100 signatures, which is, you know, on average 100 apiece, but they carried the weight of it, like I said. That's well, you not.
0: had, you had probably, what, 500 and something? I had, no? no, I didn't have that many. I had close to, I had
1: just over 300. Okay. But, you know, a lot of my time was taking, taken up with, being, you know, the the duties of being a captain. So, uh I, you know, between and and not all of those three hundred that I collected were for our team either. Some of them were in different areas. So, okay. Yeah, it was it was eleven hundred that our team had alone that, that counted just for our team. There were probably about one hundred and fifty of those that I got. So we did okay. We definitely did okay. And when the signatures were turned in in December. Uh, they they formed a kind of a human chain of volunteers to pass them into the office of the Board of Canvassers, and it was on TV and it was all over the airwaves, and people were astonished that we got the the signature goal without any paid canvassers in four months when we had six to do it. And not only that, we needed 315,654, and we turned in 425,000. And then we had a 93% valid signature rate, which is higher than any professional canvassers get, because or circulating petition petition circulators. I'm sorry, because they're more interested in quantity over quality, and our circulators were trained and knew what they were trying to get, so they didn't waste their time getting bad signatures.
0: Right. So we, was, we made sure that they were registered voters and they hadn't already signed the petition, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So at that point, we had kind of caught some national attention because people were saying originally, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, Michigan is a place where good ideas go to die. Um, they're never going to be able to form a coalition like this. It's just not going to work. Well, it worked. It was working. We had a leader named Katie Fahey, who was a, at the time 28-year-old woman, who really was sincerely committed to a nonpartisan effort and who just worked every minute of every day and I think she got some extra minutes to be put into days by someone somewhere because I don't know how she could have accomplished everything. <laughs> because she was just tireless and she was always our biggest cheerleader and knew that we could do it and, and said over and over again that, you know, Article 1, Section 1 of the Michigan Constitution is that political power is inherent to the people. And she made them believe it. And uh, so by the time we got to canvassing, um, People, it was funny, people who were circulators didn't have that much interest in also being canvassers. So we were basically starting, Laney was the exception to that, but we started largely over with a new group of volunteers. Some of them stayed involved um, in other ways. Uh, we had different, we had education going on and, and outreach and, and getting community endorsements and that kind of thing going on as well. And so a lot of people who had done circulating went into something like that. Um, But we recruited more volunteers and we got them to go out and knock doors and we explained to them why it was really important. Um, Even though canvassing is something that people kind of have a fear of and they don't like people coming to their doors to bug them, so they think that uh, if they're going to somebody's door, they're just going to be bugging them. But it's proven statistically that knocking on somebody's door and having a personal conversation with them is the number one best way to persuade people to vote for something or someone. So the next time a canvasser comes to your door, number one, be nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And and number two... Uh, Answer the door because they're out there volunteering their time for the most part. There are paid canvassers. We we had very few. We hired a few towards the very end when we were struggling in some areas and, and we needed some extra ones. So that was not a 100% volunteer effort, but close. So um, I can't uh, I can't tell you how much it meant to have volunteer effort involved in that. It, it made the difference, and people are really committed.
0: Right, well, what were some of i mean that that was a great uh walking us through you know the story of the campaign but what about what about your personal story i mean you i've I've met your husband a couple of times and saw him in mm-hmm. a lot of the event photos and like what was this? how did this impact your life personally to to be you know the time commitment that you had involved with this
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge question. Um, In the beginning, the the circulating phase, uh, the time commitment, I'd say, was probably about 15 to 20 hours a week. Well, after the circulating was done, we turned in the petitions in December, and at some point after that, they had um, the committee chair people um, were also on the board of directors, and they... um, they decided it was a conflict of interest to have that situation. They were going to split it off. So the committee chair that had been on the outreach committee, which I was working with more at that time, um, went to be on the board of directors. That was Davia Downey, and she was an incredible leader, and we, we really respected and admired her. So I was asked to step up to be a state committee chair, and I was really reluctant to do it. I just felt like... I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to be half the leader Davia was, and and um, <laughs> that's true. That turned out to be true.
0: <laughs> but, uh-huh. uh,
1: but not we. But what we did instead was uh, got two other people to, to co-chair the outreach committee, and so those were Rena Bash, who ended up being the main person, and then Lori Kroos and I were both co-chairs and helped her with a lot of the detail work. And it worked. It, we worked very well together, and, um, you know, we, we covered for each other when we could and had to, and um, and we said it took three of us, but we came close to doing what Davi was doing. Right. But, uh, but as far as the time impact, there were days when I would look up at 4 o'clock and realize I hadn't eaten all day, you know. It, I'd be at the computer, you know, I would be taking phone calls, I would be making phone calls. I would be running around, and all of a sudden it would be like, oh, my gosh, I haven't had lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's dinner time. <laughs> yeah, and it's dinner time, exactly. And I was, Lainey and I were talking earlier about the conference calls that we did. There, there were, I think, probably four or five conference calls a week that <sighs> we needed to be on just to be coordinated, And so that was how we did it. We we just did a lot of conference calls. And this organization was people all over the state and so primarily done online and and through conference calls. And we didn't meet in person all that often. So uh, it it was just a really big commitment. And I was was surprised. And then my father-in-law also started having problems with his health, like an increasing problems with his health and oh, no. falling a lot and um, oh. ended up, he had surgery in, I think it was July, June or July, and afterwards had to go, afterwards actually went into cardiac arrest and, and had
0: jeez.
1: So he had to go to a nursing home for a while, and it was the nursing home was an hour away from where I live so between going back and forth to keep him on track and um try to take care of the you know all the the problems that come up that are concurrent to that with his finances and his you know his apartment and you know taking care of stuff. Uh, and then still trying to do the work for voters, not politicians. I have to tell you, it was a big challenge. It I'm sure. Challenge. And so I, everybody knew the situation and I did the best I could. And, uh, I guess it was good enough because we won. <laughs> we won. We won. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I can't say that it's not a challenge. And, and, uh, I was really committed to it from day one. The minute I I saw the first meeting I went to, I knew it would pass if we could just get it past the Supreme Court. It did, miraculously. And just a little tidbit here, I just saw a post on Facebook a few minutes that the, the one Republican justice who voted to keep this on the ballot took huge flack from the Republican Party afterward. Saying that she was a traitor and that she should be voted out of office. And her name was Beth Clement. And um, Katie Fahey just posted on Facebook maybe an hour or so ago that Beth Clement had called her. <gasps> Beth Clement was reelected in spite of the backlash from her own party. And even though Supreme Court justices are nonpartisan technically, they have to be nominated by a party. So really there, you know, she was nominated by Republicans and she was reelected by, I'm going to guess here, largely voters, not politicians, supporters. So there you go.
0: There you go. I mean, that just says that, you know, the, the people speak and, you know, we hear so much noise from both sides of the really extremist sides of the party you know they make the most noise but that middle that middle is so large for each party of moderate people and mm-hmm. this is this is what i think this is starting to get us closer and closer to a moderate representation of a moderate population
1: mm-hmm. yeah i agree um the, this the one thing this effort did for me personally more than anything else, was to reaffirm that we all have more in common than we have different, yes. and to reaffirm that we absolutely can work on things that we have in common to solve. This had, this had really significant support from both parties. If you look at a map of how each county voted, the support, on the west side of the Lower Peninsula, where it's very heavily Republican, DeVos land um, is is between fifty five and seventy percent in each individual county. Yes, and there there were only seventeen counties out of eighty three in the state that voted against it. Okay, so that's just miraculous. I mean, for people to come together in that kind of a way. When nationally they're saying there's no way they can build a coalition like this in Michigan, it's just almost nothing short of a miracle. And right, I'm, because I'm
0: guessing those 17 counties, it was close, right? I, I'm guessing it, was it wasn't a landslide close. against it. Yep. There was one county, New
1: County, County, where the yes prevailed by a single vote.
0: <gasps> You're kidding. Yep, and they passed it. Oh, so that's my how God.
1: it was in some places, yep.
0: Oh, your vote really does matter.
1: <laughs> oh, really does matter. It really does. Oh, wow. What else matters is getting involved with something like this. I have, I'm 63 years old. I've never done anything like this before in my entire life. Now I'm sad that I haven't, but... I just have to say it was a phenomenal experience, and working with people like Laney, volunteers that were so committed and willing to go out there in the rain and the snow and the heat and the wind and, and collect petitions and do the canvassing and get the vote out, and it matters, it matters.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, people inspired other people, the Facebook posts, and, you know, you'd see people up in the Upper Peninsula, you know, getting signatures in the snow, and I mean, that pumped me up down here. I'm like, no matter how cold it gets here in the Detroit area, I'm not having to do this in the snow, you know? Yeah, well, there were a couple
1: days it was snowing when I was out there, and it was cold, I'll tell you, and then to see people posting about how we had paid, signature volunteers, I wrote an editorial response to the Detroit News when they accused us of using paid circulators, and I said, we did not stand out here in the wind, in the rain, in the cold, and the heat, scraping up our, the money to pay for this, the printing of the, of the petitions on our own to have you say that that's not what we did. We mm-hmm. said not do that.
0: So, anything that you in looking back, you know this podcast is to help people get involved and not get overwhelmed by it all. That's a lot of what I teach and and I know that even a lot of us on the campaign need need those uh, skills because i at points all of us got overwhelmed by it. That's why mm-hmm. i'm you know do and so passionate about getting this information out there but in in looking back. You made a really good strategic call by saying, "Hey, campaign, you want to move me up into this higher level of responsibility, and I'm not ready for it, so we need some other people to reinforce me in that role." Which was great. Are there any other aspects of it that, like, if you had to play it out over, it, would you have would you have maneuvered it differently in order to maybe um, allow better self care? Um, that's a good question.
1: I think as far as self-care, um, I may, if I had known what was going to come down the line, I may not have taken on so much. And I do think that if people are just getting into this, it's a really good idea to start small. And if you feel like you can handle a little bit more, then take on a little bit more. And when you get to the point where you're feeling like it's too much, uh, you know, find a way to step back if you need to. Um, I'm just stubborn, <laughs> not <laughs> going because that's just what I do. But uh, I I would advise people to don't take on more than you think you can chew because it did get difficult. And uh, for self care, you know, I I would um, I would take a step away when I needed to, and I would let people know I'm not gonna not gonna be answering my email for a little while and I'm going to be doing something else. But you know, just the the everyday average stuff of life has to get done too. And so I you almost have to schedule it in and, and make sure
0: that you're even time for yourself. Right, right. No. Great, great advice. Thank you. So it's probably too early to think about what next. You probably just wanna soak it all in and
1: <laughs> Well yeah, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna wait
0: until after the holidays before I get really super involved in anything
1: else. But um, And that I think that Voters Not Politicians is going to stay together as an entity as well. And we're going to a, a volunteer thing on Sunday where they're going to talk a little bit more about how that's going to look. And so I'm open to that. I'll, I'll see what they have to say. And I'm open to staying with the organization. I don't think I'm going to stay at the state level but uh, I am going to certainly stay involved with it because there's going to be a whole implementation phase. Now we have to be around to make sure that this is done right by our, uh, our government. And um, Jocelyn Benson, who was recently elected as the new secretary of state has, has advocated for an independent commission for a while. Uh, She wrote a book about how it should be done. So we're encouraged by that. That's a very good thing for an independent citizen commission right now. But um, as far as me personally, I just am kind of waiting to see how I'm going to best fit into the
0: puzzle. Great. we great. well, thank you for your huge contribution to what was you know a record breaking campaign and i just want to thank you for the inspiration and the energy that you always brought you were right at my door whenever i needed supplies you were a smiling face when we'd all go meet up to hand in our signatures and you were just you were just a great cheerleader at a time when again the same for me i was new to any and all of this and didn't really know what to make of it or how to get it done, but have the same passion that you did that this this cause is the important thing and and I will learn what I need to learn to to play my role that i've that I've stepped up for
1: okay thank you Lainey.
0: thank and you
1: I, I say to you that you did a phenomenal job too and i I know for sure without you, we wouldn't have passed macomb county
0: <laughs> thank, well same to you same to you so we did it together which is what this campaign was all about everybody coming together and doing doing what they could with their own talents and their own you know time talent treasures that's that's what made it so powerful so thanks again tony for spending this time with me and to all the listeners namaste